And welcome to the Bleacher Connection, your source for all things sports with your host, Ken and Trevor. As always, you can find us on social media. Trevor is at the BleacherCon 1, and I'm at the BleacherCon 2. Today is a very special episode where we are sitting down with another guest from the CFL's BC Lions. Thanks, Ken. Joining us on the Bleacher Connection today is a three-time Grey Cup champion, former coach at the University of Oregon, former head coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks, and current head coach and co-general manager of the British Columbia Lions, Rick Campbell. Welcome to the Bleacher Connection, Rick. Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're great. doing good. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. And just want to, before we ask, you know, family and everything doing, doing all right during the pandemic, everyone's staying safe and healthy. Yeah, everyone is doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. Um, uh, just hanging in, just like everybody, you're just trying to wait for the world to go back to normal. But I guess if you got your health and those things, then there's a lot to be grateful for. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing football being played again in Canada. Yes, so are we. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to that. So got some hopefully some positive news on the horizon with uh, some start dates and that. So definitely excited about that. Fingers crossed. We're, we're huge fans. I'm personally a, a season ticket holder for the Stampeders, and I can't wait to get back into McMahon Stadium and watch some great Canadian football. Well, I got to ask you, what section do you sit in? Do you have season tickets? or? Yeah, I sit up in section Q right near the top. So, Okay. Uh, I, yep. I just want to make sure when we're playing Calgary this year, I can look up at the <laughs> top of the section and yell at you. Yeah. beautiful just, just make sure you point at the score when uh when the game's over and you we you know, lines have won. <laughs> all right yeah so i uh, kind of to, to start off with the questions here kind of want to go back to the beginning of your coaching career with, with you know with edmonton winnipeg and calgary uh who took you under their wing to kind of show you the ropes of what it was like to be a coach in the cf i know your dad was a was a legend in the cfl and in the coaching ranks for yeah it's a, it's been a long journey when I think about it. I mean, time flies, but I've been, I've been really lucky. I actually first started coaching football in high school and in Spokane, Washington. And then I had that opportunity at the University of Oregon, which I got to work with a lot of really um, fantastic people. Um, so I was really fortunate that way. And then uh, to Edmonton, and actually I've never coached with my dad before. Um, but Don Matthews was the head coach and he, um, he wanted to bring me on, um, thought I had value and I got to coach special teams, which, uh, um, Don was a, a huge proponent of kind of before everybody else was. And so, um, got to learn a lot. So that was the initial guy that gave me a, a chance to come in and work. And then, um, I've been really fortunate. Uh, throughout my career I've worked with a whole bunch of really good people I hate leaving people out but you know when you talk about Hall of Fame people I got to work with Huff and in Calgary and um, you know Dave Dickinson and um, who's there still and um, a lot of great people in Edmonton and and Winnipeg and you just have all these experiences to build on and um, that, it's definitely helped me when I became a head coach of just having all these things to lean on of, of what to do and what not to do. Is there, is there a lot of sharing of like with, with the between the coaches you kind of came up with? Do you kind of talk during the season or the off season? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that uh, buddies up to guys during the season. I mean, I'll talk to them and stuff like that, but you kind of get in competitive mode. You know, the CFL is a pretty small league, and so 
Um, most people know each other, especially the people that have been, been in the league for a long time. And people are absolutely friends and friendly with each other. But um, you can really see the competitive competitiveness come out in people. What once the once the season starts, you kind of dial down on the communication, and it's time to compete and win games. And um, that's that's how I find it. Yeah. So you were hired by the BC Lions in December of 2019, kind of before all the uncertainty around COVID. As COVID evolved, heading into what should have been the 2020 season, and ultimately with the cancellation of the season. How did your role as the head coach and responsibility kind of have to evolve and change along with what was going on in the world? Yeah, I mean, who saw that coming? No one, literally. So that was in, like you said, in December. And so you're really getting going and humming along. And we actually had our whole coaching staff. We were a new coaching staff in BC, me and the and the group of assistants. And so we, you know, we were working full time in March, you know, getting ready to go and doing our stuff. And then all of a sudden you, you hear about things happening and the NCAA basketball tournament getting canceled and like all these dominoes that start to fall all of a sudden, the next thing you know, we're in a lockdown. So um, it truly was, um, you know, uncharted waters. Um, fortunate enough in, uh, to work in, uh, in BC with Rick Lawlisher, who's the president, who who's an Edmonton guy, and been, and been around the CFL a long time. So that was that was a big help, just because he he's seen a lot and been through a lot, and um, um, so that that was help to have helpful to have that that leadership from the top, and and we've just been kind of navigate navigating our way through, just trying to, uh, um, you know, as as things happen, you got to really be able to adjust and kind of pivot with what's happening. And so, um, you know, that's what we've been doing. So that obviously that was a crazy year. I actually had coached, I believe it was in the CFL for 22 seasons straight without a break. So to not do that last year, obviously the world, the world was weird for everybody and Mm -hmm. was for me too, of just, uh, that's the last time I've, can't think the last time I've spent a summer not doing football. Yeah, that's has to have been a little strange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving into the 2021 season, where it looks like we're we've got more optimism optimism towards getting a season going. Uh, how have you been preparing for it? Are you treating it like a regular season, or is there things that are different because of the time frame? Yeah, it's we're treating it like a regular season. It's going to be delayed a bit, as you know. But um, I think you know, if 14 game season. Um, I know that's different than 18, but it's going to feel like a normal season and the playoffs and all that stuff. So we really focused, um, you know, on getting our coaching staff back one, um, retaining as many of our free agents our our players, but that we're becoming free agents to sign them to new contracts and then adding people through, through free agency in the draft. And that was really our focus. And, we're pretty optimistic. I mean, we know the, we know the West is going to be really tough. Every team is good. Yep. Um, but we seem to think we got enough pieces in place um, where we can throw our hat in the ring and, and see how we do. And um, you know, that's what we plan on doing. So it's actually the strange thing has been once kind of once Christmas went by and we went into the new year, it turned into a normal off season again, because you, you don't do football you know, games and that stuff, you do all the signings and all that stuff, but we could do that still 
remotely. So that actually has seemed normal. And then, um, you know, just we're kind of waiting to make sure we officially get the green light, which I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm pretty optimistic and it, you know, things seem to be heading in the, the right direction, but we'll have to wait and see what happens, but um, we're going to be ready to go. So, you know, that's all we can do is, is stay ready. And when they officially give us the green light, away we go. With the draft having just finished, did, was it kind of a, like a, a normal draft or did you find it more difficult this year because there wasn't as much viewings on the players? Yeah. So that it was different in that way. So the youth sports kids didn't play last year. So um, you, the thing you still had is you still had the game film from before from 2019 or 18 or 17 going back. And then we still interviewed all these guys um, which we would do every year just to, to check in and see how they're doing. And they did a virtual pro day on their own where they filmed stuff and, uh, and turned it in. So, um, you know, they might have to knock a little rest off from having that year off, but I think you can tell what type of athletes they are and what type of people they are. So um, from the Canadian kids that, that happened and on the NCAA is there were, um, we call them red shirts, but guys that were still have another year of eligibility left. So that's how it actually used to be in the draft back. I don't know, 10 years ago or more as those guys would be in the draft, but they were again this year, just because of the, the NCA gave the, they gave them a COVID year. So they got an extra year of eligibility. So there were guys that were drafted that um, still have another year left. So those were wrinkles. Um, I actually kind of found it interesting. Um, made it made it like you said more difficult or more uh interesting it was just you know more things to, yeah. to mess around with and i kind of like things like that i i'm okay with things not being the status quo all the time so yeah. um, had a good time it actually was fun doing things like the draft because you're talking about football and doing yes. stuff <laughs> instead of talking about money or lockdowns or you know, all that other stuff that I think we've talked enough about. So it's fun. Anything like the draft where you're talking strictly about football is, uh, is fun to do. Almost a sense of normalcy there for everybody. Yeah. That's like yeah. I said, the, the off season actually from a work standpoint was somewhat normal because you did the normal stuff you do any off season, which is again, trying to resign your own players, free agency in the draft. So um, we were still doing those type of things. So with the departure of Ed Hervey as GM, you've had co-GM added to your responsibilities in the Lions organization. How do you separate the two roles and divide your time effectively to be the best Rick Campbell head coach and best Rick Campbell GM? Yeah. So one that one I will say Ed is is I consider Ed a friend, and it was tough losing him. Um, but we did have, like I said, with the leadership of Rick Lawlisher and then Neil McElvoy is a guy that is the co-GM who has been with B the BC Lions for a long time. <laughs> so uh, he knows the lay of the land. He knows the CFL really well, the ins and outs of how things work from signing contracts to roster to immigration to all these wrinkles that you might not think of that take years to just learn through experience. So I think between the two of us, we both have a wealth of experience in the CFL. So um, it's worked really well so far. Um, and uh, 
I'm definitely, as the season approaches, I'll be really focused on uh, just the coaching part of it as we get into the, the, the games and the season and he can focus more on transactions and, and, and those type of things that, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that needs to get done too, but we feel between the two of us that, uh, you know, that we can get it done. So with the head coaching duties, part of being a coach is building the relationship with your players and your staff as well. How difficult has that been over the last year and a half? And how do you build those relationships? You are correct about that. So um, I have had a chance to meet a portion of the guys in person, the guys that have been in Canada or have been more specifically in the Vancouver area, um, been able to see those guys. Um, and then we have some Zoom meetings, um, you know, like we're doing here on Zoom is, but we will have sometimes some full team meetings once in a while. And it's basically just an even one-on-one -on -one staff and the assistants making sure they're communicating with the players. And so um, it's kind of more on that as just checking in on seeing how guys are doing and, and then making sure they're on track. So, but it, like I said, it's going to be, we're a, we're a new staff that's, you know, we've been here for whatever it's been 16 months or <laughs> 17 months and we haven't really worked together on a practice field or a game. So it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit different, but I think we've done enough stuff together and talked through enough things. Um, and it is actually the same coaching staff that was last year. So at least there's that continuity. And um, I, th I think, it, I think it'll work out. All right. Well, you know, we have, uh, we'll be a new staff, but I, I, I like our staff and I, I think, it, I think we'll be okay. In general, how have the players responded to the difficult times themselves? Well, the biggest part, I mean, it's for all of us, it was curveballs. Um, but in, in pro football, whatever pro football it is, NFL or CFL, you get paid by the game, mm -hmm. you get game checks. And so obviously there's not games that makes things tough financially. So, um, you know, you'd have to talk to players specifically, but overall the biggest, the biggest hit on the players was just from a financial point of view. So that was the, the toughest part of it. And then, you know, just like everybody who has a job or a family or, you know, kids, whatever, you're trying to navigate how that whole thing works, which last year was uh, obviously a once in a, once in a century type thing. So um so that was different, but I know on the, on the flip side is you're going to have a, a lot of hungry people hitting the field come July is what we're planning. And so I think it, you know, I think the pandemic highlighted that for a lot of us, whatever it is in our lives that we, maybe we took for granted or we didn't appreciate enough and, or, you know, that we just miss doing. And I know that uh, from the players and coaches point of view, you talk to anyone and they can't wait to get going again to to play the game and compete and do all those things so I think you're going to see across the CFL I think you're going to see an enthusiastic competitive um, you know guys coming out of the gates flying so um, looking forward to that I want to go back to your days in Ottawa a little bit how proud are you of your success of taking an expansion franchise in the Ottawa Red Blacks 
from like a brand new team in the first year with a two and 16 record to a great cup championship three years later. And, and tell us about the feeling of winning the great cup for the first time as a head coach in what was regarded as one of the best great cup games ever. Yeah, it was, um, I thought it could be something really special. I was the defensive coordinator in Calgary in 2012 and 2013, which mm-hmm. I thought was the best job in the CFL. I really did at the time that they, they win every year, you know, it's real, a really solid franchise and run really well and win a lot of games. And that I was thinking, God, it would take a lot to get me out of here. And, um, I wanted to be a head coach, but I didn't want to just interview for any of them. I didn't want to just keep throwing my name out there. And I thought Ottawa was such a unique, like once in a, once in a um, lifetime opportunity for me to start from literally zero. And um, you're exactly right. When I got hired, there were no coaches, there were no players. In fact, the stadium wasn't done. Um, We had no equipment. You know, there was like literally starting from zero. So pretty cool. Um, pretty cool thing to be a part of to take it from the, the ground up and and be a part of it to where um, like you said we ended up going to the great cup three out of four years and, yep. and then at once and that is a total credit to um, the players that we surrounded ourselves with I mean everyone throughout the organization but I really give credit to the players especially the guys early on that um, really kind of set a tone for a culture and an expectation and all those things. So um, definitely proud. And, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a West, Western Canada, Western U.S. guy. So moving to Ottawa was totally foreign to me. But I tell you what, Ottawa became a, definitely became a part of me and always will be a part of me. Yeah, it's uh, it was definitely impressive with with that what you're able to do with that franchise from the start there. So, um, throughout your career, you've had you've coached some of the top QBs in the league, from Henry Burris to Trevor Harris, and now you've got Mike Riley. What was yeah. your experience uh, experiences with them? And really, I'm sure you've given them some pieces they've taken away. Were you able to take away anything from working with them? Absolutely. Talk about the fortunate, you know, to have. Uh, like you said, Henry as a as a starter, and then um, Trevor, who are guys you know that are mainstay, you know, legit guys that um, are obviously really good football players, but really good leaders too. And then that ob- that obviously with BC was a huge attraction with Mike. Um, uh, Mike and I have never worked together, um, but um, he's from the state of Washington, and so am I originally. And um, we have just some connections through that way. And I've actually spent um, a decent amount of time with him. He lives down in, in Seattle. And so we've been able to just be in this part of the, the neck of the woods and be able to cross paths and get to know each other a little bit. But again, to work with, uh, to work with guys like that, I feel, uh, feel totally lucky as you know, um, you know, quarter, the quarterback, you know, football is obviously the ultimate team sport, but the, quarterback is a huge influence on what's going on because he's got the ball in his hands every play so that's part of the part of the reason for our optimism is uh is Mike again as a player but also as as a leader and um he wanted he uh I know it was tough for him coming to make the decision to come to to BC to to move out of Edmonton but um I know he wanted to 
be a part of leaving BC whenever he's done playing and try to leave it in a really good place, you know, for Vancouver and for the CFL. No, I know I was, I was very happy when he came back. So <laughs> yeah. All right. I've yeah. always believed Mike Riley's the best quarterback in the CFL and I, I've got a pretty good one in Calgary, but I think like all out gunslinger, I, I think he's the best. Yeah, no, I'm, like I said, I feel I'm really looking forward to working with him and, um, he's a great guy to, like I said, not only on the field, but he's a good guy off the field and uh, and a good leader. And those are the type of guys you need at quarterback. So heading into the 2021 season, what do you think BC Lions fans should be looking forward to the most with this team? Yeah, we, we're going to come out and, and compete right away. I'm, I've never been a big talker on saying how many games we're going to win, but um, we're we're in the business of, of competing to win the Grey Cup. And that's, that's how we're looking at it. You know, there's, I don't think there's any, I don't see any reason why we can't be competitive with the rest of the teams. It's going to take a lot of work and, and all those things. But I think there's a pretty good core group of guys here and guys that have, have won a lot of games in this league that understand um, the commitment and the effort that it takes and the coaches too, of, of what it takes and how hard it is to, to win and win consistently. So I, I like our, I like our chances. I think it's going to be really tough, but I think it's uh, I think we're going to be right in the mix with everybody else. And I think the West is going to be as competitive, uh, competitive as ever. And I don't think it's going to be any different than it, than it has been the last few years. Yeah. I think it's going to be an absolute dog fight this year. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's going to even be more important every game. Just if you're playing only 14 instead of 18, it just even makes the games yeah. bigger. You know, they're all they're all going to count. So um, should make should make all the games pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the for the offense. You guys added a lot of speed on offense this off season, and yeah. it uh, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. Like I said, it's a good mix of uh, uh, veteran guys, and then there's some. Uh, newer, younger guys mixed in there and some guys that are, you know, really fast and, you know, home run hitter type guys that we call them that if they get the ball in the open field, they can make big things happen. So um, look at, looking forward to it. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing it in action. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing every team in action. Yeah, me yeah. too, actually. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, Rick, this is the part of our show where we want to open the floor to you to tell our listeners about some of the great things and community work you and the BC Lions organization are doing, you know, in the greater Vancouver area. Yeah, they, that's the, one of the cool things about the CFL is just the player accessibility and, um, and just things done throughout the community. And the BC Lions have always impressed me even before I got here. And even now it's, it's really, they really have a commitment to doing stuff in the community from the, the be more than a bystander program to the visiting the schools to there's a whole bunch of things that go on and there's a huge commitment and a, um, especially the guys, we have a good group of guys that are from Vancouver. So they really take pride in, um, you know, they grew up in this, in the lower mainland area in DC. And so they, they really do a good job. And so, um, you know, uh, fortunate enough to be a part of, uh, part of all those things. And I, that's personally what I think is one of the, the great things about the CFL is just the interaction with the, 
with the fans and the community and, and doing all those things. And the, and the guys do it because they're, they're good guys and, and they want to do it. They know it's the right thing to do. So appreciate you asking that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we, we love the CFL and we think, you know, the, you guys do a great job with the, with the community and everything that goes on. Yeah. Well, it's fun. It's a fun league because of the, because of everybody, I think, because of the, the players, the coaches, the, everybody involved running the CFL and the fans and everyone. It's kind of like a big, uh, it's kind of like a big family. And that's, you know, it's highlighted by a Grey Cup week when everybody's, uh, you know, cruised, cruising around town, whatever town it is, and uh, and having a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. Rick, this has been an absolute honor to have you on the Bleacher Connection. Uh, we're huge fans of the CFL and our great game. And it was great to hear stories and chat football from one of the most one of the most revered minds in the Canadian Football League right now. Well, Thank you so much for your time, and we wish you nothing but success with the BC Lions. Well, I appreciate that, and I hope I get the chance to point at the scoreboard and point up to second to you. <laughs> yeah, you know. uh, I'll wish you second best of success. <laughs> okay. <as> well. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I, 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 on the other hand, will say again, thank you and all this, all the best and success this season. And I know I'll, uh, I'll be out there here in Edmonton cheering you guys on when, when, uh, you guys are here on the road. So definitely appreciate you coming on and, uh, thank you. Cool guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Right. Thank you. Thanks Rick. All right. All right, all right guys. All right. Nice seeing you. Yep. Nice Have seeing a good you. one. You too. All right. Well, that's our show for the week. Uh, we had a, a great time talking to Rick, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in, and we'll talk to you in a week. Thanks, everyone.